0: Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday
1: edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. The Orlando Magic's double dip in Los Angeles is over, so what did we learn about this team and what's real and what's not is the Magic finishes road trip. We'll get to that plus the return of Kobe Price on today's episode of Locked On Magic. You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando magic podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. on Magic today is or will be November 2nd, 2023. I'm probably going to publish this on November 1st. That's how it goes. My name is Philip rossman I'm the site expert and editor over at orlandomagicdaily.com. You course, follow me on Twitter at underscore omd On today's episode of Locked on Magic, I buried the lead there in the start. We will be joined by former Orlando Sentinel reporter, current reporter for uh, Southern California News Group and Orange County Register. Uh, Kobe Price going to talk to us about his observations from watching the Magic in their two games in Los Angeles, what he sees in this Magic team, how they've grown, where they're still going to struggle, and how they measure up to a team like the Lakers. We're going to get to that coming up here in just a moment. But first, we want to thank you again for making Locked Magic part of your day every day, no matter when you listen to us, whether it's first thing in the morning, whether it's right when we upload. We truly appreciate you making Locked On Magic part of your day every day. Remember, there's a great Locked On podcast covering every single team in the NBA. Just search for Locked On. And the team you're looking for, Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. Today's episode of Locked On Magic is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 bucks if your team wins. Visit fanduel.com slash locked on to get started. Don't forget, too, that the Orlando Magic play the Utah Jazz tonight at 9 Eastern Time. Catch every every shot, every play of the Orlando Magic's hometown broadcast with SiriusXM on the XX on the SXM app. Just one X there. Search Orlando Magic. Looking forward to that game tonight. I'll also be broadcasting that game on the PSF app uh, for a watch-along. So if you're watching the game or listening to the game, come hang out with me as well. Um, you can check that out at PSF. Um, but before we dive into our conversation with Kobe, I, I want to just chat a little bit about where the Magic are at um, and and uh, kind of how we should be feeling. Um, it, it's it been a little bit of a wild week because uh, it's been a week since the season started. Four games at wild week. Um, it's been a little bit of a wild week. Uh, the Magic, in, in one regard, have looked very, very impressive, and they've got the second-best defense in the league at the moment uh, entering Wednesday's games, which... May mean something, may not mean anything, but it is what it is. Um, but obviously, and, and I wanted to get Kobe on to talk about this as well, these two games against Los Angeles represented the first time we're going to see this team against quality opponents. And there are plenty more quality opponents coming. Laker, you know, we got Utah on Thursday, not going to neglect them. Going to be a very difficult game. Magic Magic should want to win it, go 2-2 two and two on this road trip, but so on and so forth. Um, But we'll see the Lakers again on Saturday, the Mavericks on Monday, the Hawks, who who are playing very well to start the season, um, in Mexico City, very tough place, and then Milwaukee next Saturday. So schedule is going to stay tough, and we knew this schedule was going to be tough. But I think that the Lakers and Clippers game did reveal a few things about this team. One, we know this team is going to defend at a high level. The question is, and this is going to be the question for the entire season, is how far can that defense take us? How far can that defense take you? Because I think a lot of Magic fans have focused in and and centered on, okay, this team is going to struggle offensively, but how much? And certainly Paolo Vanquero's struggles, which we do get into, and Franz Wagner's struggles to be efficient early on this season have exacerbated some of the problems that we saw with this Magic team offense was a real struggle against the Clippers. I think the Magic had a 98 offensive rating in, that, rating in that game. It wasn't just about that they shot 7 for 30 from 3, which isn't good. Everyone acknowledged that wasn't good. That isn't good enough. Um, they still need to keep shooting 3s. Um, the 19 for 33 free throw shooting was the absolute killer. That Honestly, that's why they lost the game. They were 7 for 14 in the third quarter. Again, when the Clippers outscored them 41-21, those misses gutted the team and their intensity and their focus and and just their th- just their outlook. And so where do we stand? Well, the first thing I want to mention is we stand record-wise exactly where we thought we were going to stand. This team is two and two. If you would have told me this team is two and two after four games, I would have said, yeah, that probably checks and would probably be exactly in the way we thought. Beat Houston, beat Portland, lose to the two LA teams. The Clippers game feels bad, 118-102 to loss. It feels bad, but it very well could have been just one bad night. The Magic are going to get their fair share of open shots. Teams are not afraid of them shooting, but the Magic missed a lot of open shots in that game. And so the question is going to remain, can the Magic produce enough offense to make their defense work? That is the question. That is, that is the central thesis of the season. Because I, I feel very confident saying after four games, this defense is very good. This defense is going to be competitive. They're going to keep the Magic in a lot of games. Eventually, Powell is going to find his way out of this malaise. Eventually, the Magic are going to find their groove. And it may mean changing the lineup a little bit. It may mean changing the rotation. It may be tightening some things. It may mean some tweaks. But it is still far too early in the season to give up the ship Far too early in the season to give up on anything. Honestly, still far too early in the season to make wholesale changes. There's still something here. There's something to grow. There's something to build. And the Magic have every opportunity to do so. With that, let's bring in Kobe Price and hear what he has to say after watching the Magic the last two nights in Los Angeles. And we are happy to welcome back into the Orlando Magic media landscape our good friend Kobe Price of the Southern California Media Group and Orange County Register. Uh, Kobe, you got a chance to see the Magic the last two nights. Uh, hmm. I, I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. Bad thing. Uh, it's mostly good, but sometimes bad. Um, h- how how's it going on
2: the left coast there? Yeah, yeah. I caught up with them. You know, Lakers, Clippers. Oh wow, Lakers, Clippers is tonight. Lakers magic, Clippers magic. Uh, they we all know, play in this? these
1: like little pods. Like I, I noticed yeah. this too. Like I, I'm watching teams, and it's like, oh, they're they're next on the schedule, and they're playing another team that we have next on the schedule. So it's it's it, it could be weird like that.
2: Yeah. By the time this weekend's, I would have watched. I would have would have been in person for like three magic games in like six or seven days. Feels like That's, I haven't left. Look,
1: I, I as someone as someone who has watched. 82 magic games a year for my entire life, but, but mostly the last decade, I I would not suggest doing that. Uh, most, most times, um, most, most days, most years, but this year, maybe that's an okay thing. Um, you saw two, two interesting games, uh, you know, with, with the magic out in Los Angeles, obviously West coast trips are weird. And Orlando, Mm -hmm. you know, I think Brian Hill made this point on the magic's broadcast on Valley sports Florida, that, you know, it's it's tough to be in one spot for four days when you're on vacation or on your on a road trip like the Magic are. And they've been in Los Angeles since Saturday. So maybe there's a little cabin fever to get out. But in those two games, you know, what was your overall impression on, on where where the Magic are at and, and, and how they're growing and developing?
2: Yeah, I think one of the first impressions is I can feel the maturity level. Just being around this, from being around the team last season, or season before and last season to so this season, I can feel a rise in the maturity level, um, understanding everything. There's precision is on a different level in terms of how things are run. Um, just a greater understanding, and it's in like all the small detail, uh, small details that you can pick up on the floor. Uh, they they seem like they're able to get themselves out of situations a little bit better, executing game plan just a little bit better. Everything to me is just. Everything's just risen a level in terms of understanding. Now, you talk about some of the skill set stuff. Now we can get into it. That's maybe a different conversation. But just in terms of game plan execution, uh, understanding, that seems to have gone up a level. Uh, they seem crisper. And, and that's just one, of, it's like a very general statement. But that's the one thing I've noticed from last season to season. There's just a crisper flow, um, very comparable to how they ended last season. But even then, uh, just a steady rise. Um, in terms of just how the execution goes, especially defensively.
1: Yeah, and obviously, you know, as we're sitting here prepping for Wednesday night's games, Orlando is second in the league in defensive rating, still very, very early in the season, and they've had their worst defensive game of the year, uh, you know, Tuesday night against the Clippers. Um, But it is, you know, as they say, everything is something. Not everything is anything, but...
2: I think you broke my rule. My, uh, my rule: I do uh, not look at stats until at least five games in, <laughs> preferably ten. You broke my rule. It is, is. It
1: is. It is early. It is very, very early. And, and as I noted, I told you know as I think we all noted to people when the Magic started two and zero. The last time they started two and zero was the twenty twenty one season, and of course, uh, Magic fans know that that year they won like what twenty two games. They won twenty more games oh, that yeah, season. That was... So, so it is. It is still very, very early. But but I agree with you. I think there is a, 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 a heightened attention to detail defensively, you know, I think, you know, let's, let's talk about the the team you covered the Lakers more specifically in that game on Monday, there were a lot of moments where Orlando got down and, and were able to kind of claw their way back in. You know, I, I noted it immediately when the magic fell down by double digits in the, I think it was the first quarter. It was the first time they lost a quarter all year, I believe. And it was the first double digit deficit of the year. And it was like, okay, this is a, a little bit of a gut check moment for them going up against a quality team on the Lakers. I know the Lakers are still kind of figuring themselves out here early in the season, but they got LeBron, they got AD, D'Angelo Russell's a former all-star that is, you know, even with all the injuries they are facing right now, that is still a very good team, a Western conference finalist from last year. That is a good measuring stick to say, okay, how can we compete against a a team like a team like that? And I do feel like the magic did a very good job responding and, and and taking really control of that game. Um, And I think, I think Jamal Mosley made a really good point that you know, while yes, there was some struggles executing late in the game, that game was really lost on that 9-0 run late in the third quarter when Orlando had an eight-point lead and a chance to, to stretch to stretch it out. And the Lakers were able to close with a flurry, make it a make it a close game, take the lead entering the fourth quarter, and make that a game where you know, obviously the Magic don't have a lot of experience in those late game situations or, or experience against quality opponents in late-game situations. Uh, and weren't able able to clo- close that out. And, you know, certainly again had a lead, had I think a four-point lead with three and a half minutes to play, you know, weren't able to kind of execute down the stretch. Um, just just on, on that on that note then I don't want to do the compare and contrast quite yet. I, I do want to get, get to that, but what what is the next level that this team needs needs to reach then, you know, knowing that hey, they've they've appear to have taken some steps and, and found like kind of a foundation to, to what they're doing.
2: Yeah, I think. The foundation is set. At least to me, it's pretty well set. Um, I mean, being around the team the past few years, they very much have been like defensive. The identity is going to be based off their defense and just playing at a high level, being able to swarm, keep teams out the paint, you know, limit, feet set threes. We can go down the list of, you know, the identity. All, all the coachisms. Us. Yeah, all the coaches. There we go, all the coachisms. Um, but, you, but you actually see that. I saw that, you know, and yes, the Lakers are able to get to the, if I'm remembering correctly, they were able to actually get into the bank pretty well, but that's also what they do well as a team. So that's one of the things you have to remember, you know, <clears throat> yes, you have a game plan that you want to execute, but some teams can kind of just throw your game plan up the top rope because that's an area where they excel. And when you have, you know, players like you know, Anthony Davis, who's able to, you know, Christian Wood had a big game um, against the uh, the Magic. You know, those bigger, you know, make people talk about how big and, you know, tall the Magic are. You know, the Lakers have some big guys too, Um, big and physical guys. You know, there's AD, Christian Wood, LeBron. Um, I don't think Jackson Hayes got a whole lot of playing time in that game, but um, actually I think he got a fair amount. He got a little bit. He got a little bit. Yeah, he got a little bit. I'm thinking of the Sacramento game. Um, Excuse me. But when you have that physicality, that you're just matching physicality with physicality, and the Lakers, you know, I think they pushed the Magic in a certain regard in terms of that. And it also helped the Lakers that, you know, D'Lo had uh, one of his better games. Of, I think, honestly, his best game of the season so far. So when you're able to get that kind of guard play for the for the Lakers, that's significant. Going to the Magic side, you know, for them, it's just those those runs. It's just being able to figure out, at least offensively, how do you get out of it quicker? That's the one thing that um, I was watching the, watching the Clippers last night. Against the Magic, you know that was a there was a, that was a slugfest to start. Um, but what caught my attention was I only watched it was just watching it live. Is Russ, even though he was struggling with his shot, he was able to get that Clippers team just getting out of that rut, like in an instant. And next thing you know, you know, Paul George starting to flow. You know, got the offense remaining a little just running a little bit more crisp, crisper. So I think that's going to be the next level for the team. How do you get out of that slog quicker? to prevent a nine, maybe a nine-oh run is instead now a five-oh run and you cut it off because you realize, all right, this is what we need to do. We need to push this now or we need to slow it down. And that's, those are like a very small detail, but that can be the difference between, like I said, a nine-oh run versus a five-oh run and then a three-point loss. Those four points can be, you know, that could be a win versus a loss and you feel completely different about the the outcome of the game.
1: Yeah. And again, I think that go, you know, this team has matured and I think we could, feel that in the way they talk and, and the way that they played, but there's still another level of maturity they have to go, go to. And I think, you know, even, even late in the game, like, <clears throat> like, uh, like I would like against the Lakers, like, I think Jalen Suggs made the correct play, the correct read uh, pump on that last, on the second to last drive uh, with the magic down by one, he pump faked Austin Reeves was able to get in the paint, tried to attack Anthony Davis, which is, you know, a tough thing to do. But to me, it felt like his eyes got bigger than his stomach a little bit and just Everything was moving just a little bit too fast for him, Um, which again, a pressure situation, you got to be able to kind of calm and poise yourself as the same deal. When you're facing, you know, a LeBron run, a a Paul George run, which is what we saw against the Clippers when George just started going off and you just got to know, okay, we just got to weather this storm. We don't have to match him point for point. We just have to first find a way to slow him down, find a way to mix up our coverages to kind of get him out of rhythm and be Find a little bit of offense just to keep us afloat until that run subsides, and and that's what the Magic didn't do, I think Tuesday night particularly well. Is they they didn't have the like pet play they could go to to make sure they get a point or make sure they get a good look or make sure they get to the foul line, and then on top of that, the Magic just missed so many free throws in that game. Um, Orlando started free Chick Fil A. Free Chick Fil A. Hey, it, we got to give the people what they want. Um, we got we got we got to give the people people what they want. We'll get back to our conversation with Kobe Price here in just a moment. But first, it's a quick word from our friends over at Prize Picks. Look, Prize Picks is the most fun I've ever had playing daily fantasy sports. I've had my chance to win 25 times my money. But the best part about Prize Picks is you have the chance to win. It may not be the big prize, but you're not swimming uphill against the Sharks, against all the difficulties of those other daily fantasy games. With Prize Picks, it's just you versus the numbers. With basketball season here, you can now pick combo projections too across football and basketball from the Specials League. That's a league created specifically for combo projections that includes two or more players from different sports or leagues. For example, you can take LeBron James and Travis Kelsey at a 10 and a half combo of three pointers made and receptions. You get to do a lot of fun picks like that too, or just do your trad- traditional picks, saying that you believe Paolo Bancaro will finally break through and score more than 19 and a half points or whatever the numbers. I don't know if they posted the numbers yet because Utah's playing literally right now as I'm recording this. Prize fix is your way to make the most of your sports knowledge. All you have to do is pick more or less than the prize fix projections. Prize Fix even offers a reboot policy so that your entries stay in play, even if one of your players gets injured. For football and basketball games, if you have a player who exits the game in the first half and does not return in the second, the player is rebooted. PrizePix is the only daily fantasy sports platform with an injury insurance policy like this. Go to prizepickscom on nba and use code on nba for a first deposit match of up to $100. Again, go to prizepickscom on nba. Use code on nba. That's two ends for a first deposit match of up to $100. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner and LockedOnNBA is here daily to keep you caught up Orlando, Orlando started the year against Houston and Portland. Um, and, and, you know, I think a lot of us kind of understood that while yes, beating those kinds of teams, no offense to Houston and Portland, um, beating those kinds of teams is, is what this magic team has to do better and be consistent at and doing that is a thing, but we all knew heading into this back-to-back in Los Angeles that we were going to learn a lot about this team or a lot more about this team. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, you probably don't have the frame of reference to, to those to those first two games, but what would you say is the big lesson for the Magic now leaving Los Angeles, heading to to Salt Lake City, heading to Utah, and the rest of their schedule? And obviously, the Lakers are coming up on Saturday as well. Um, what is the big lesson that the Magic learned from these pair of games?
2: Yeah. And before I actually answer that, you made a point that I wanted to come back to about the maturity level. That is, is it's to me, it's much higher or significantly higher or notably higher from last season. Um, the one thing – I forget i forget who was. It may have been Jamal. I don't know if it was Jamal. So I'm not going to credit any – I'm not going to say it, what coach it was who said this. But I remember a coach said, you know, play, make quick decisions but don't play fast. Like, be quick with what you do but not – it's not a rush. Like, that's the mastering that skill of being quick but not fast with it. That can be like – it may not make sense, but once you get it, you got it. Um, and that seems like the thing that the Magic are going to have to like fully understand. Like, get. like sometimes, even watching the game against the Clippers, and that's more fresh in my mind because I just saw it. Like it seemed like there were moments where they wanted to just fast, fast, go now. And they're you young, can... and yeah. that's a young,
1: that's a young player thing.
2: It is, it is. I know they want to push. Like I know they want to push the pace and push for them for what their struggles are too. Especially in the half court, pushing the pace will be like that's beneficial more often than not. But sometimes you can push it. And if it's not working, all right, let's circle back. Let's make sure we get, especially in those ruts, let's make sure we get something like a, a what do you call it? Like a uh, fail safe, whatever the phrase is. Yeah. Uh, just
1: you, you a, find you've an outlet. Like you gotta, an you gotta out- yeah, yeah yeah.
2: An outlet to just be like, we need something guaranteed. Just to get something on the board. And then now we can set up our defense instead of having to, you know, be back backpedaling again, or, you know, playing this uh, track race. Um, So I watched a little bit of those first two games. Uh, Just you know, I like to watch the opposing team you know before the game, and to me, like the level of competition that the Blazers and Rockets, respectfully, can offer compared to the Lakers is just not comparable. Um, But even against the Blazers, you could see there were times where the Magic started to bog down, and I think for them, like that's going to that's we saw against the Clippers, saw against the Lakers. There's going to be moments where teams are going to figure out or if, figure out, or just execute better up. like, let's be honest. these This isn't the best shooting team. They have those struggles from the outside, and a lot of these guys are going to get inside the paint or drive or find a way to just, like I said, get to the rim. So if we can shut that down or close it off or act like we don't have to worry about a certain guy on the perimeter or certain guys out there, then that'll make – defensively, that makes your life easier. Or maybe our closeouts aren't going to be as hard, so you're not going to get – You know, that driving lane that may be open. You know, that's going to be a a battle that the Magic have to go, uh, content, uh, battle with. And, you know, against, you know, teams who aren't as good, those details may not be as crisp or they may not be as good as executing as like higher level teams like the Clippers or the Lakers. Um, but yeah, that's going to be just a back and forth, tug back and forth, uh, especially with the first unit. I will say, watching the second unit, in the in the Clippers game. Uh, and even a little bit to an extent in the Lakers game. It felt like that unit has it's been the it's been running smoother, at least offensively. Um especially in this against the Clippers game. I felt like that's where the magic I, started. I know to, can,
1: I know it goes against your rules, but the numbers back that up.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I don't no, this is not a numbers game. This is purely this is this is uh this is uh Hooper versus basketball player talk right here. Nah it's um yeah, it's just purely. Yeah, I'm, I'm not surprised. It's purely just. There's a. It seems like there was a better flow, especially. I know what uh, JI didn't play against the Clippers. So when you had Franz at that second unit, so I think it was uh, Cole, Gary, Joe, Franz, Mo. Like there was a certain zip that that group just yeah. had, and they had you know, let like, in that group you just have better spacing more often than not. Like though the the, I mean statistically, the. Percentage-wise, from three, the worst shooters would be either who Mo or Cole, and those are both shooters you have to respect. So, just in of just reputation, so there's just a little bit more zip, a little bit more, you know. Mo got a few of those dunks, you know. I think Franz was able to start getting himself going more so with that second unit than the first, uh, than the starting unit. Uh, so that that's the one thing you can kind of see. I see, I, I guess, the offensive vision, if you want to say, or like the benefits, but. It's also you have to make that that same vision or similar vision work with the starting unit, so that's going to be a battle. Because I think in that second unit you have a little bit more spacing, at least based off current construction or from that last game. Um, And I know it's going to change with how Ji's availability. I'm not sure about how that goes. It's not my job. Nope, not so your job. Not, not your
1: job to worry about him anymore.
2: <laughs> not my job, so I do not know what that is. But you just again, you just see a different openness um, and res- a way that defense has had to respect them. Um, with the second unit the first unit,
1: and, and you know, we couch everything by saying it's still very early in the season. I think the Magic are still very much figuring their rotations out. Um, you, you probably noticed this, but there isn't a lot of blending between the, between the two lineups. Like, there's a full bench group, there's a full yeah. start group. They were well, doing that. They were doing that in the preseason. They've kind of carried that over. And Tuesday night with Isaac out was the first time that like Franz played a significant number of minutes with that bench group. Uh, And, and you could tell there was a little bit of a difference, uh, you know, that the first quarter obviously was a rock fight, you know, 31 total points, I think in the the first quarter against the Clippers, um, the second quarter, you started to see the magic assert themselves a little bit more offensively and and find the bottom of the basket a little bit more frequent. I think, I think it was like 31 30 in the quarter. Um, I think the, uh, for in the magic's favor, if I'm not mistaken, maybe I have that number wrong, but, but yeah, you could you could definitely tell there's a little bit more spacing, a little bit more fluidity with those, those, shooters on the floor. And, and I think that forces us to ask kind of the, the, the big question. I think a lot of magic fans are asking and, and you spend a lot of time with him last year. You did a lot of that kind of tape study with him. Um, what do you think's wrong with Paolo? Is it, is it really, is it just the spacing is bad and he's driving into crowds a lot more? Like does, does something, does, did something feel off to you with the way Paolo was playing? Cause certainly magic fans, you know, the numbers say that too, but
2: the, so, certainly, something feels off about. It. Yeah, I think this kind of goes back to. I think it's. Uh, I, I think it's kind of twofold. I, I think, <clears throat> one, I think there's a different rhythm that he's having to establish with himself. Um, one that's like the one thing that I think people forget, and I, I, you see it a little. You see it talked about a little bit more in like NFL. I feel like than NBA. Is teams have a full tape of Apollo now? Like teams have what he played 72 games? seventy two games. 72. Miss 70,
1: 70, like, fewer than ten games. It was like eight games, I think.
2: Yeah, he played. I mean, and not just that, he played seven. He played seventy two. Yeah, seventy two yeah, from last 70. year, and he played. I want to say like almost every game from December onward know maybe he missed once on the end of the season i want to say but yeah,
1: i think i think he missed a couple games after they shut everyone down to end the season. yeah
2: yeah so there's a lot like there's a lot of tape on paulo they have a better idea of his tendencies they have a better idea of you know what he wants to get to um how his play style like i think you just have to there's that reality part of it so teams are better equipped to do defend him individually um two You know, he's now he's dealing with different spacing. If we're going to be honest, I would say we're spacing. Um, You know, if you want to go from like Wendell had what I think Wendell shot 36 ish percent on threes last season on pretty decent volume. Something like Um, that. Yeah. When yeah, Wendell shot, you know, it was, I think it was his best shooting season from beyond the arc at 35.6, so close enough, 35.6 on nearly four attempts last season. Yet, Teams are still – seems like teams are still playing off of him, um, and then they're willing to let him take those shots from beyond the arc. I'm not saying that's a good or a bad thing in terms of, de- like, the defensive decision, um, but that's just the reality of how teams are defending him, and that's just going to – you know, and de- the players who are defending Wendell are just bigger. So if you can have a bigger guy sag off, then uh, then it just makes it harder for, you know, maybe polish to get into the paint. Also, the other thing, I noticed this a little bit more in the um, – yesterday – think paulo with his I, I, I maybe should ask you this before we start the show but paulo's ball security i know sometimes last season it seemed like he lost the ball a decent amount um just maybe whether it's where the handle or just driving in but especially last last night against the clippers it seemed like russ was able to on fast breaks or like maybe like smaller guards were able to like disrupt him or like get the like knock the ball away from him and those are like especially on a fast breaker transition those are like I'm talking about like two points here and there. So instead of having like, I don't really end up with last night, like 13 or 15, you could 50 have or 15, 19, maybe. Those are just a couple, you know, easier shots that you could get. Um, so th- there's something there, but I think a lot of this is going to be like spacing his shots and out there. Like it's, it's, it's almost one of those, it's not one singular thing that I'm noticing yet. It's just like almost everything. And it's also, I don't feel like they're the offense has been run. So, uh, at least from watching it, not really asking anybody about it, just watching it, it seems like it's a equal opportunity offense. You know, if it, you're open, go ahead, go for opportunity. And they're not getting, they're night, not
1: getting in the ball in his spots.
2: Yeah, last night was the first time I felt like there was a little bit more purpose getting him the ball yeah. in his spots. I agree with that, um, especially compared to the Lakers game. Um, like I said, I didn't watch the entire Portland uh, Rockets yeah. game. Yeah, and, and, and some, know. and
1: some, yeah, and some of that's. Uh, you're, I, uh, I'll. I'll cut you off a little bit uh your perception's yeah. right like it, it 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 definitely felt like i think the first play of the game against the clippers was like a design post-up for him like there was definitely a purpose to get him involved and you know he still had eight free throw attempts which is about his average. you know about it was his average last year like he's still he's still a free throw machine but he he definitely i i think he's struggling i think there's a lot of focus on this being an equal opportunity offense they want to be an offense where everybody can attack and you know, Paolo's assists are up, you know, early this season. He has, he's had a couple five assist games already. Um, there's definitely, uh, it feels like he understands he's soaking up some attention and is trying really hard to make the right play. And, you know, I think a lot of stars or at least, you know, kind of the selfless stars, they, they struggle some, you know, they struggle sometimes to learn when do I need to get mine and when do I need to make sure others are involved? And that's kind of the trick. And right now it, you know, especially because Paolo is maybe not as confident in a shot as, as he should be. Um, or at least he's not playing as confident in a shot as he, sh- as he should be. Um, he's deferring a little too much. And, and I think that's part of the issue as well, if that makes sense.
2: It is. I know, like I said, just a couple other games. and, and Some of the de- deferring, you know, the first two games, not so much an issue because you're winning. And you know, it's a yeah. little bit more. Excuse me, when you're not winning. I, I will say, I think, I, for, I don't remember where, when exactly this happened. But there was a play against the Clippers. And like I said, there were other plays against the Lakers I noticed, but Clippers, fresh on my brain. Yeah. That's a 24 hours or so I'm able to remember. But there was a play against the Clippers. He got a smaller guy on him. I forget who it was. It was like one of the Clippers guards. And he bumped in maybe like maybe one or two bumps and just laid it in. Easy layup. Yep, I remember that it play. Was, it was – and there were, there were a few things I noticed um, about that play. One, if he took one more bump, Mason Plumlee may have blocked him. I think it was Mason Plumlee who was – Mason was guarding. It may have been when – I don't know. It wasn't when – it was Cole. He was guarding. He, I don't – Maybe I think it was in transition, and that's mm-hmm. how you get the mismatch. He was guarding Cole, and he came off of Cole. And, you know, you see a lot – you know, guys will just attack, especially in mismatch, Well, just come down, help, and just see if they can get the block. Um, and if Paulo didn't – it took one more dribble or one more bump he would have probably got blocked or maybe he got fouled whatever maybe there been there would have been a better contest on that um, but it's the quick decisiveness allowed him to get the easy shot get the easy um, get the easy look so there's that's one thing I know you know when Paulo's quick and decisive I think he's just better sometimes he has it seems like he has a tendency of you know probing and just like all right what should I do what should I do what, what's the move no it's just like dude you are 6'10 two whatever 250, two fifty just go you have the strength and size to do it Second thing is using that strength and size to your advantage. There were some times in that game against the Clippers where I thought, hey man, you, you know, you may be matching up against uh, you know, maybe I think Kawhi mainly guarded. Uh, I think I think that's right. Yeah. For the most part. But there'd be times where he would get like another guy on him. Hey, you have the size and advantage. Like you don't have to fade away. You can try to, you know, like force the issue a little bit more, and try to get inside. He would sometimes take the bump and he would go right to the fadeaway. No, get a little bit deeper in a little bit deeper post position if that's where you're know, that's where you're going to go to and, you know, see what you can get your, you know, your shot may not be there, but just try to get something a little bit easier for yourself. So to me, that's also decision-making um, being a little bit more physical in certain moments. So you can force the issue and force the rest, you know, you're already getting to the free throw line. You say eight times a game, maybe you get to a 10 or 11, uh, and especially especially yeah. when
1: your shot's not going down. Like, like exactly like, I mean. I know some people think he may have tweaked his shot a little bit. It, it's it's been a struggle for him to get shots. In. And look, he's missing layups too, which he doesn't typically miss. Um yeah. like you know, he had a couple of like really like seemingly easy blown layups in Tuesday's game. When you're like the stars all know this, and and that when your shots not going down, get to the line. Just just keep, you know, the goal is keep putting pressure on the defense. So, like even if you're not scoring the defense still has to account and worry about you.
2: Right. That's And that's the one, like I said, he's gone to, eight line, gone to the line, what you say, seven, eight times a game. I could see him getting there 10 times, 11 times. And yeah. that's, again, a detail that you feel like he's already getting there eight times. Well, if he can get there nine to you know, 10, nine, 10, 11 times, maybe that helps him get into a better rhythm. Maybe not from three, but on some of those more intermediate shots from um, mid-range or those fadeaways, just so he can see the ball go through the net. Then you get the free throw shooting. Like he's not, like we have, like that's the, the thing that's addressed. Again, early in the season, he's shooting what, like 54% on free throws. Was, it's,
1: yeah, it's 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 14 for 26, I want to say now.
2: So yeah, the 54%. Like, yeah. There's no running around the fact that's just not good. Like that, those are free shots. You know, if he's what he shoot last year? 73? 73.
1: 73, yeah. And we expected that to get to 75 this year.
2: Yeah, so if he's if he's taking, what, 14 of 26? If he's knocked down 19 or 18 of 26, that's just you know a few more points. That can be a difference in a couple of games. So, or for the long haul this season. So it's, you asked me what's wrong with Paolo. It's just – and then the layups, you know, they're not, not going down. I know he mentioned that, you know, he got the thumb injury with yeah. Team USA, and he mentioned that was still bothering him at media day. I don't like you would know better than me if, how that's a, if that's still a thing if whatever it may be, um but you know maybe that's still a thing I don't know but you add all this together you get a guy who you know that's not I get to the spacing differences you know I, I alluded to it with you know Mason helping off you know guys helping off more they're clogging the paint a little bit more clogging lanes um, that's you know it's everything's just a little this- bit harder.
1: And, and like, this is, and like, this was like the fear of adding Jalen Suggs to the starting lineup. Like I like, I love Jalen Suggs. I, I I understand why the magic have him in the starting lineup. And I don't think they're going to move off of it. Cause largely that lineup is still working really well. Uh, Suggs is kind of the heartbeat of their defense. And, you know, they put a lot of eggs into, we're going to be a top 10 defense. And that's our ticket to make the, the play in tournament, essentially, is if we're, you know, I, I looked up the numbers today, uh, all ten of the top ten defenses in the league last year made at least the play-in tournament, uh, and eight of the ten made the playoffs proper. Um, you know, made 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 the were you know in the playoff field. So, the bet, is, the the gamble is with with Jalen is he will make enough shots and be enough of a threat that our offense will function well enough to make our to 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 take advantage of whatever our defense is giving us. And again, they're two and two this season. They one of their losses was at, at, at the buzzer it was a, was late game loss. The Magic aren't abandoning ship quite yet. But, you know, there's definitely a lot, a lot of concern. We'll be right back with Kobe to finish our conversation here in just a moment. But first, a quick word for our friends over at FanDuel. Score early this NFL season. With FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there is no better time to get in on the action. The app is so easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. So visit FanDuel.com and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel is an official partner of the
2: NFL.
1: I want to get you, get you out of here uh, on uh, talking a little bit about the team you're covering. Uh, Mm -hmm. You know, the Los Angeles Lakers are obviously, and we're going to see them again Saturday. So it's, it's relevant, relevant to magic fans as we look ahead, look ahead uh, to to this weekend and and the triumphant return to the Amway center. Um, But they're obviously a team that, that has a different level and a different expectation than this magic team. Like no offense to the magic. We're, we're going to be, We're going to be happy to make the play in tournament, be back to being somewhat relevant. The Lakers' success this season is probably defined by whether they win a championship or not. Um, And that's what happens when you reach the Western Conference finals. It doesn't matter what seed you are. When you reach the Western Conference finals, there's only one place to go if you're going to improve, and that's to the finals. Um, What, you know, coming from Orlando, going to an organization and, and being around a team like the Lakers. What is the biggest difference in 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 kind of the the atmosphere, the mood, the expectations? Like, what's what's something different that maybe caught you when you started getting around this team?
2: I think the attention and the expectations, and not only me in a bad way. Um, there's a there's a microscope, to be quite frank. There's a microscope on every little thing that is said, that's done, that's not said, that's not done. So. They're, and I, I will say the one thing that, you know, I think Darvin Ham does well with is they take their work seriously, but it's not at the same time they're not like super, like when you're in that kind of environment, it can be super tense if you if you let, allow it to be. But also I haven't felt like the super tense, like, you know, I, I will compare, if you want to compare it, I think that there's still very much a process oriented thought or process oriented um, execution in terms of how, you know, they want the season to go. Like they have, you know, they've gone to two and two and two start. If you looked at those games to start the season over, you would say, you know, maybe they can go three and one. If bad things went poorly, they go one and three. They could have lost the Magic easily, you know, they could have lost the other night. So, more often than not, two and two to start is pretty, you know, pretty solid for them. At the same time, they're not panicking, they're not, you know, freaking out about anything. It's just more so like they had, they know that they're playing this for the long run. Um, it's a lot of things, a lot of coach isms that maybe they, you know, we heard from Jamal last year too, like, this is about a long, you know, a longer term look, but for them that I mean, they don't even mean long-term in terms of like three, four, four, five years. They mean like, this is a long season. And I think they, with this group, you know, it's, it had been a while since they had a long, you know, playoff run and they realize you know, we have to be in certain places to be able to sustain you know play from october all the way through you know late april may and what their goal is to get to june so i think you ask the differences the differences there's like a different level just hiding expectations and attention but a similarity in the sense of keeping the focus on progress and, or process rather um and looking to make progress rather than getting it all together immediately uh, you know i think it was we asked about Jared Vanderbilt, who hasn't been available since the first preseason game, back on October seventh, and he acknowledged, you know, like, excuse me, you know, we're this, you know, it's early. We're not trying, you know, we we plan to have, you know, a, you know, a long season. We're not trying to rush this guy out there, and that's because, you know, I think Gabe Vincent is doubtful for tonight. I want to say, uh, or he's on the injury report rather. And, again, like I think Gabe said in the preseason when he missed a few games with the back tightness or back soreness that he may have played if it was a certain, you know, time of year. But, again, they're taking the long run at it and not trying to just get guys out there. So there's a definitely just a let's make sure, like, they're not taking, like, the regular season for granted, but, like, let's make sure we're good because, you know, we know what it takes and we have to be, you know, healthy. We have to be uh, – or they, rather. They have to be healthy. They have to be, uh, you know, just to a little bit more uh, – I guess you want to say together in that sense uh, compared to last year. And they want to also do that while also, you know, last year's Western Conference Finals run was, I want to say, remarkable in the sense of that team wasn't really together that long. That team that played in the Conference Finals was not a team that, you know, played together for a while. That was very much a team that was together from, like, March or late, like, February. Late like February, um, the trade
1: deadline, yeah.
2: Yeah, and, like, LeBron didn't LeBron didn't come back until March. So it was really, like, they really fast-track things from March to the conference finals. So a lot of thought towards let's get our – like, I think Darvin even mentioned it. Like, I, he, knew, he wants to do better in terms of just having the better rotation. Or not better, but, like, paying more attention to the rotation so guys can be a little bit more in rhythm and know who they're going to play alongside. That's like a long-term thing, so it's not. You know, guys aren't like out of rhythm. They can get they can get some familiarity with the teammates because, as much continuity as they brought back from last season, this that team from last season wasn't. It wasn't a team that had a lot of time together.
1: go. They, they caught a little bit of lightning in a bottle,
2: like yeah, it, it so that how,
1: happens. There's nothing wrong with that. That's that's not knocking the run. You know, they got one of the all-time great players in LeBron James, and he's going to make things a lot easier and and widen the margin for error in a lot of ways.
2: Yeah, he did. And even the thing that I've noticed is like, at least to start the season, like LeBron hasn't had, I mean, he, he he hasn't been like, he hasn't been like dominant to start the season. Yeah, but he, he's definitely and, and this movie spoke about it, like he's picking his spots a little bit more. Uh, like and there's been a very, you know, there was a whole thing about his minutes restriction, which he played 28 minutes one night. And he's played at least 30. <laughs> <game>. <laughs>
1: you, you try and put a minute restriction on LeBron James when he wants to play.
2: Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, he played 39 and I think 33 minutes back to back days, back to back games, back to back days. Uh, so, but there's definitely seems to be a little bit more recognition of like easing the burden off of him. And he may want, you know, he may, like I think there was that clip from the Denver game. Like you guys are not going to play point guard. Right. And, is one of those, yes, LeBron, we know you can do everything.
1: Yes, (laughs) yes. But
2: it's not about what you can do. It's about what we need you to do in the moments, like, we need you to do them.
1: And, and like, Monday, I felt, was, like, a great example of that. You know, he didn't have the greatest game on Monday. You know, probably, you know, statistically, one of the worst LeBron games against the Magic in in a while. And, like, still at the end of the game, fourth quarter, ball was in his hands. He's making decisions. He's making the plays that, that won them that game. And that's, you know it's it's a marathon not a sprint like the magic feel like they're in a constant sprint cuz like we all know the margin between the 11 seed and the 10 seed is probably going to be very very narrow it's probably going to be very very slim and you know if there's disappointment it's you know t- you know winning a game in los angeles is found money it's stealing a game from a quality team the
0: right. lakers
1: lose to the magic it for, it's probably going to be like yeah that stunk but it's not the end of the world, we're going to be fine. You know, the Magic losing that game when they had a real chance to win, it's like, well, that one game could have major ramifications down the line. And, and that's, you know, some you know, again, this team is still learning how to win. I would advise Magic fans, it's a marathon, not a sprint too. Um, and that, you know, they're building, you know, Jamal Mosley, like you said about Darwin Ham, Jamal Mosley's like really good at keeping the big picture in focus and understanding, okay, this is where we're trying to go we may take a few steps back here and there. We may slip and fall along the way, but we're going to get there eventually. And and I thought like the last two years, especially he's done very good at keeping that big picture in focus and sticking with things, knowing that it's going to pay off down the road. And now that the, a lot, at least the mentality is the magic are in a play and chase, you know, which starts now, like that's, that's the truth of it. The, The play and chase starts now you can't get so caught up in the day-to-day stuff. You have to still look at things over long stretches and see where, where teams teams get better. Uh, and, and, you know, it seems like the Lakers have that perspective
2: on things too. Yeah, no, they, they definitely do. Like I said, they're not taking each day for granted, but they're not you know, overreacting to, you know, a four you know three-game, four-game sample. No. But no they one should. Are, yeah, no, no one should. They're allowing the season to kind of come to them and – you know, to so your point about LeBron, like he's in the moments they they need him to, he you know he's stepped it up. But they're also not trying to run him to the ground early, and then you know you don't have him late, or you have a compromised version of him late. They they I think it was Rapalinka said they you know they worked with him and his you know medical staff team X Y Z to make sure he can get to the end. Um, the end obviously is in the, the season, but the end deep into the, yeah, the, for them the the goal is to get him to do and. The thing that has to, like, we, we don't, I don't know if we take it for granted, but the thing is, like, we haven't seen a guy carry a load at this age, at this stage of his career, even if, you know, Anthony Davis to me has stepped up. Um, but even with AD stepping up, like, AD is a more, at least how he's often used, a more dependent player than, say, LeBron. That's, I don't even think that's an insult. Like, that's not an insult. Like, Big, Big
1: Ben are dependent on guards. Like, that's, that's, exactly. that's always the reality.
2: Most of them. Like, he's not like, a dwelling B. He, yeah, or he's not a Jokic. And even so, he's not a Joel Embiid in terms of like setting up all the time, uh, you know, self creation in that sense. He like he's a little bit more help in that sense. Um, but but even with that, like you still have, you know, LeBron, you know, like you said, in those moments coming through. And you have, like I said, you can have D'Angelo Russell, you know, that I think one of the most impressive things about D'Lo was when LeBron went out maybe like early ish in the fourth quarter. D'Lo was the one that had that you know, scoring floor. I think he maybe scored like five, seven yeah. points to just keep the Lakers in it. So when then LeBron came in, they weren't out I, the I, game. They I weren't. think it
1: was like a, the, there was like a three-minute stretch where LeBron sat in that fourth quarter. Yeah. And I, I do remember saying this. Orlando, I think, was up five. And I was like, Orlando needs to extend this lead out to nine. They, they cannot let the lead. And I think when LeBron came back in, it was down to a three-point magic lead. So it's, like, it's not like the Lakers picked up ground. They just held the boat steady. And like that, right. and the magic. And I think this has been the struggle for the magic. And this is just a learning how to win thing for the mat on the magic side. The magic got to learn how to take these eight, these five, six, seven point leads and extend them out to 12. And 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 it'll give them and give themselves that that little bit of margin for error for when they go through their lulls. You know, it's it's you give up or you give up a, a nine two run when you're up five, you're down by two. You give up a nine two run when you're up 12, you're up by five. Like that's that's right. that's kind of the the. The yo yo, you have to, the tug of war you have to play here.
2: Um, And conversely, on the Lakers' side, in those moments, because they've like they have, it seems like they've been prioritizing, you know, LeBron's minutes and making sure that he gets that little bit of rest maybe in the fourth quarter. So in closing moments, he can be in the game and not push his minutes up, push his minutes like 38, 39 minutes more so get to like maybe the mid 30s, uh, like 33, 34, you know. Having other guys like Dilo, D'Angelo Russell step in those moments and they can, you know, give you, you know, seven points like that. I know Austin Reese hasn't had the best start to the season, but he's also a guy that you look for like, all right, can you get to the free throw line? Can you get into the paint? Um, you know, just give us a little bit more 80. You know, here's a post up or two, you know, so you can scrounge it out until LeBron comes in and maybe we can lean on him a little bit more when he's a little bit fresher too. And he's not wearing like running himself down the entire fourth quarter or most of the fourth quarter in that sense, in those situations.
1: Yeah. And obviously a long way to go. Um, the magic, long way see, to go. the magic will see the Lakers and be done with the Lakers on Saturday. So Kobe, I appreciate you hopping, hopping on the show and giving us giving us an update uh, and your perspective on what you saw from the magic, the last two nights. Uh, I look forward to seeing you on Saturday. If, if you're making the trip to, or, to Orlando, I I am. I'm, I'm, exci- I am, I'm excited, I am. excited to welcome you back into the Amway center. I'm sure everyone will be, very, very happy to see you. I know Magic fans are going to be very happy to see you on this show as well. Um, if there are Magic fans who want to follow in the footsteps of magic legends like uh, Shaquille O'Neal and, and Dwight Howard, uh, where 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 can they where can they follow you and, and find your work?
2: Ah <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes, my Twitter handle has not changed. I'm still Kobe underscore price, K-H-O-B-I underscore P R-I-C-E. On Twitter X, whatever they call it, whatever you, whatever really kids call it. We got edit. the new
1: graphics now
2: too. So yeah, I saw it when I'm not gonna lie. When I saw that, it freaked me out. <laughs> I was like, All right, it did, it
1: did me too. Cause they changed them today.
2: Uh, Oh, okay. Makes sense. Uh, November, November surprise. Uh, you can find me Southern California news group, uh, owns like 11 different papers in this, uh, in this area. OC register LA daily news, the list goes on. Uh, you can find my work on any of those sites. And still tweeting, still out here. Uh, I will be in. I will be in Orlando for for a minute. Yeah, they This They're about to get there. The Lakers side. This is going to be one of their first. You know, road, this is their first real road trip. It's a know, weird road Orlando. trip too.
1: It's like an east, and then they head back west. Head east for like two games, and they head back west.
2: Yeah, Orlando, Miami, Houston Phoenix is in there. Phoenix, yeah. For that, yeah. Phoenix is the first uh, in season tournament game. So, oh, there you go. That'll be fun. Yeah, I think be time. times. So yeah, yeah be in Florida for a minute. So looking forward to it. Looking forward got, to it. Nice, we
1: got a nice little cold front coming in for you. I think so it'll be in the, in the mid to low seventies. Um, uh, yeah. <laughs> yep, exactly. Um, Kobe, thanks. Thanks for hopping on the show. Really, really appreciate you. And uh, we'll, we'll see you in the NBA finals after Saturday. <laughs>
2: <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. We want to speak of that into existence.
1: I want to thank Kobe for jumping on and sharing his thoughts on the Orlando magic before tonight's game between the Los Angeles Lakers and LA Clippers. You can of course check him out uh, at the, at the OC red at the orange County Register, the Los Angeles daily news. uh, If wherever you get Los Angeles Lakers coverage, if that's what you want to do, I hope I didn't touch a nerve uh, by comparing him to magic legends like white Howard and Shaquille O'Neal. I I couldn't come up with uh, two other former magic players who used to play for the Lakers, like Derek strong or Brian cook or Marie sevens. Like it, it, it happens guys. It happens Or Brian Shaw. Even. Um, there are a lot of Magic legends that played for the Lakers and, and all of them. And we still love them all for the most part. Maybe not all of them. I don't know. Um, but we'll see, obviously, the Lakers on Saturday. Uh, so we'll, so Magic and Lakers getting to know each other very, very, very well this week. But I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. Of course, find me on Twitter at R underscore omd. Subscribe to the podcast and Apple Podcasts. Stitcher, your tune in Himley, Google Play, Spotify, Odyssey, and all the football places podcasts to your podcast-enabled listening device. Related on the Orlando Magic. Be sure to check out OrlandoMagicDaily.com. You can follow us on Twitter at omagicdaily. Get updates during tonight's game from there or join me on the PSF app. I'm actually going to be on the PSF app for a brief show at 6 o'clock so you could bring your questions um, to there and, and watch watch me answer some questions there um, and break down the magic of what we've seen so far. Or uh, you can also join me for a live watch-along of the game Starting at eight forty-five PM Eastern Time again. That's on the PSF app. That's Pro Sports Fans. Check it out today. Join that Magic Chat group, and and you'll be able to join the live watch along during the game on Thursday. If that doesn't suit, if that doesn't float your boat, don't forget you can check out every play of the Orlando Magic's hometown broadcast with Sirius XM on the SXM app. Here, Jake Chapman, who we had on the show last week, hear his call every game. Search Orlando Magic game again. The Magic play the Jazz tonight at 9 o'clock Eastern time to close this four-game road trip. That's going to do it for me today, though. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. For Orlando Magic Daily and Locked on Magic, this has been Philip Ross Mike. We'll see you all again next time for another episode of Locked on Magic.